Welcome to Changemakers, a podcast from APH. We're talking to people from around the world who are creating positive change in the lives of people who are blind or visually impaired. Here's your host. Hello and welcome to Changemakers. My name is Sarah Brown and I'm APH's Public Relations Manager. Today we're learning about product development and what it all involves. We're also going to learn about the importance of partnerships and a new dynamic tactile device that's in the works at APH. Now we're talking to APH's Director of Educational Product Innovation, Mark Renfro. He knows everything about product development and what it all involves and is here to tell us more. Hello, Mark, and welcome to Changemakers. Oh, thank you so much for having me. So just as a Director of Educational Product Innovation, can you tell us what it is that you do at APH? Well, I have the honor of overseeing all things related to the development and product management of educational products uh, for the blind and visually impaired. We create a lot of different things, anything pretty much from uh, computer applications to um, very complex products. How long is the process for a new product to come to market? Excellent question. Uh, Actually, it can be anywhere from about 18 months to sometimes over four years. And it totally depends on the complexity of the product and uh, you know, whether or not it's um, uh, an application or you know, something that, that's really involved with a lot of different pieces. Uh, some products, say it's a, it's, it's a product that comes in as an idea and it's you know, pretty much already made and somebody just wants to uh, sell their idea or to us. Something like that is not gonna take very long. We can, we can get that out in you know, almost no time at all. But if we have an idea come in and, you know, there's a lot of documented need for this idea and, you know, we know it's important, so we want to make it, but it's, you know, it's, it's just an idea and it's fairly complex. Uh, something like that can take, you know, from ideation all the way until product launch that it can take four years or more. So we have uh, right now, we have about an average of two and a half years for products. And that, that takes into account some products that, you know, may only take a few months and some products that take years. And, and, and it totally depends on the products. E- each one's very, very unique. We're, we're trying to get the overall average time down to about 18 months. And that, that's what we're striving for. But we want to make, make sure we maintain that quality uh, and that we're, that we're building products that uh, truly meet the needs of the blind and visually impaired. When developing a product, what's the most important goal? Is it price, usability, the demographics? What is it? One of the most important things, um, in addition to quality, and, and that's that's something we strive for in, in each and every product that we produce, we want to make sure that it is of the highest quality. We run it through lots and lots of, of quality checks, and, and we, we have a process, a stage gate process in place that we run everything through. And uh, there are about six stages and gates, and uh, theoretically, we can kill the product. You know, say, for instance, if we find something wrong that could be potentially dangerous to a student, you know, we can kill it at any time, at any one of those gates. Uh, so that that's something that we build in to make sure that we are building uh, the product that, that that's truly needed out there, a product that's safe and of the highest quality. So uh, as far as factors that are important, this really truly depends on on, on the type of product that it is. But uh, just generally speaking, I think that universal design, you know, making sure that we we're, we're building products that can be used by you know more than just a very very specific. Um, uh, audience, but we, we build inclusivity into pretty much everything we do. We want to make sure that kids aren't 
you know, just ostracized and sent into the corner to work on something. We want to, we want their classmates working on things too with them. So that that's very important to us. So quality, low cost. Uh, we want to make sure that quota dollars are are being used wisely. So we, you know, we we try to build what we can um, with, you know, as much quality as possible with the lowest cost possible. And and sometimes that's challenging, but uh, that that's what we do. What's it like to improve upon current products? I know last year, the LED mini light box had just come out with some new changes. What is that process like improving current products? Improving a, a current product is, is very satisfying. Uh, it, you know, it would be easy to sort of get hung up on, hey, we missed this the first go around, but sometimes things change. Uh, and sometimes user needs change. Uh, and, and, and this necessitates redoing the product or making it better or you know, making some specific tweak uh, so that it can be more usable. Uh, you know, you know, maybe the first go around we didn't. It wasn't quite as inclusive as it could have been. You know, that that's something that we can go back and take a look at. And what we try to do uh, with each and every product that we put out there is we try to get uh, user feedback as much as possible. And we are also trying to get the user involved. Uh, as much as we can throughout the entire process, because we want to make sure that we get it as right as possible, um, uh, right right out of the gate. We want to make sure that this this is the most inclusive, um, you know, uh, full featured product that that we can make. Uh, so what we do is, as far as modifications, is we take that user feedback, uh, and it might be a survey. You know, it might might just be a direct call that somebody has made, uh, and we we document that we. Um, and, and the, you know, say the product's been out there for a couple of years and maybe, you know, maybe it's time to redo that particular product. We make sure that we incorporate those suggestions into that product. And of course, we we test and we test and we test some more. We, we're, we're constantly testing our products and we're constantly getting user feedback and incorporating that into the final product. So um, as with pretty much everything in product development, it really and truly depends on the type of product that it is. Now, if it's, a, if it's an app uh, that that's something that we can fix pretty easily. You know, we can, you know, we can get that uh, pretty much done on the fly uh, and and get it back out there to be used. But if it's a, a more complex product, a more tangible product, that is something that would need to go back through the process. And it's a little bit more involved, but, uh, you know, we're able to do that. And, you know, it, it'll probably take a few months longer, but we get it out there. And it, and it just depends on the product, uh, but we, we move as fast as we can. Uh, and we're, we're getting better and better at it all the time. Okay. And what would you want people to know when it comes to product development? One thing I would like people to know is it's not, we, we don't have a sort of a, a, a process that's, that happens behind closed doors. It's not, a, it's not a very private thing. It's something that we would like to have as many people involved in as we possibly can. We want the field's input uh, throughout the entire process. And also, of course, when the, when, when the product's out there, we welcome that feedback. We, we truly want to work with the field and we are looking constantly for new ways to work with the field. And we would like the, you know, the field to be involved in the product from ideation all the way to launch and beyond. Uh, we, we're, we're constantly looking for that input. So I think that's the most important thing uh, that we can have is we, we want to we be sure that we're building the right products uh, very early on and throughout the process. And the last question, is there anything else you'd like to mention? 
Well, uh, I, I truly love my job, and uh, I have the honor of working with some very dedicated people. Uh, pretty much everybody I have encountered at APH has just been unbelievably dedicated, and that's the one thing on my team. Um, I, I work with a bunch of smart people, and I'm very fortunate in that regard, but uh, beyond Beyond that genius that they put into product development, uh, they're they're truly dedicated. You know, these these are people that you know I I wouldn't trade for the world. These these are people that I, I know are going to get the job done in the in the best way possible. So uh, that that's very comforting to me, and it should be very comforting to the field as well. Okay, thank you so much, Mark, for joining us today on Changemakers. Well, thank you so much for having me. Up next, we're going to learn the importance of partnerships when it comes to product development. If you've been listening to Changemakers for a while, this next guest is someone who's a regular and he is so knowledgeable and we love having him on just to tell us what's in the pipeline at APH. We have Head of Global Innovation, Greg Stilson. Hello, Greg, and welcome back to Changemakers. Hey, Sarah, thanks for having me. So we've learned how a product comes to be at APH, but what can you tell us about any products that are in the works right now? Yeah, well, uh, I'm sure that some of you have kind of already heard me talking about the the work we're doing on the dynamic tactile device. Um, this is a massive undertaking, um, probably one of the biggest that, that we're going to be involved in in decades, I would say. But it's uh, the, the goal of this product or project is to create sort of a, a tactile e-reader uh, for for blind and low vision kids and and people in general quite honestly um, the the primary goal of this is to create a a piece of technology that can produce tactile graphics and braille on the same tactile surface um, and the the number one goal here is to be able to create a essentially like a, a Kindle type product for uh, for blind people to be able to read books on, right? So to wirelessly be able to download the book, be able to access it um, in Braille in the same fashion that they would essentially read a, a, a book on hard copy Braille. Um, but our goal is to, to take it a lot further than that, to be able to enable this thing to be connected to other devices, to show graphical content, and really focus on the impromptu learning uh, aspect that a lot of our, our students don't get access to because let's just say that a classroom teacher forgets to make a, a an image accessible or provide you know um, information ahead of time to get transcribed into braille um, something like this could really enhance that that impromptu learning experience partnerships are vital in any industry can you talk about the importance of partnerships to make a product successful yeah, absolutely. So APH, we we've been around a long, long time, and we've we've kind of gone through different methods of product creation. Um, and there's been a time when APH would would basically build everything from the ground up, from the product ideation process to you know building prototypes to building the hardware all internally here. Um, and then we we we've pivoted i would say over the last 10 years to really focusing on a partnership model where we involve partners from the assistive technology industry from the mainstream industry um, to really help us build the ideal products um, and aph has really changed its role from manufacturer to really product i would say you know product concept creator 
customer experience creator. Um, we've really focused on the user experience and, and the specifications of the product. But we've turned the manufacturing and things like that over to those who really have that expertise um, in, in high-tech manufacturing. Um, and, and in many cases, also software development. We do have software developers here at APH, but we can't do it all. So we partner with other companies to, to help us you know, collaborate on software and, and creation like that as well. With something as big as the dynamic tactile device, um, partnership is going to be even more crucial than, than it normally is. And that's because, you know, the part of the product, um, you know, the technology piece is going to be developed with a partner. Um, but then we also have to have the uh, creation of an entirely new braille standard for braille textbooks that can be consumed in a in a dynamic tactile um you know electronic reading form um and that just really doesn't exist today the the most common standard that we have today is the brf standard that's created that was created to to create embossable content on, on embossers right but but today, students are going to be able to need to jump to chapters. They're going to be able to need to jump to, to sections of a book, to jump to tables and graphics and all that kind of stuff that, you know, a sighted kid can do just by flipping the pages. Um, but with a uh, an e-text reader, you don't you don't have that flexibility. So, a new standard's going to have to be created, and that's going to require partnerships from all over the world. Because um, our hope here is that this standard and this this type of product is going to be the next way that people really interact with Braille and tactile content. And so um, partnership, understanding how different languages utilize Braille, how um, what what type of tactile, um, you know, tactile activities people are doing in different countries um, and most importantly I would say evangelization and, and championing this new standard around the world so that it gains traction because if it doesn't gain traction then the standard doesn't really become a standard so um, so that's a really long answer uh, <laughs> answering what you no, asked. No but that's that's so cool that you all are creating you almost it's like you're creating the the, the playbook that's huge Wow. Yeah, and, and and like I said, we can't create it alone. This is this is one of those things where partnership is is really the foundation of what has. When you look at products, you know, one good example is uh, the Mantis and Chameleon um, uh, products that we we co-developed with Humanware. Um, those those were products that that APH really created the specification, the vision for. Um, but we worked with with our partner Humanware to create the hardware and and basically use it uh, or work with their software engineers and our software engineers to bring that sort of customer experience to life. Um, so, you know, that, that product, um, some other partnership products that we were coming out with shortly, the Juno from, uh, is a partnership with Vispero, the same type of experience, right? We, we've sort of had the vision of what this product would do from a software experience perspective. Um, Vispero really is the hardware expertise. They, they, they have that hardware expertise and we collaborated with their software team to sort of bring that customer vision to life. As head of global innovation, I'm sure you've seen plenty of products that have come to market and some that just never materialized. What can you tell us about that whole process? Sure. Um, so, you know, part of in, in innovation, I've, I've had mentors and, and even my, my current boss has told me, you know, it's okay to fail as long as you fail quickly. 
and move on to something else, right? So you just don't want to you don't want to get hung up on something that's going to be a failure and then you know invest tons of resources and time into it. Um, you know, fail fast and and move on. Um, and I would say that here at APH, our product development process is is really thorough. Um, and one one example of a way that you know an idea on surface may sound really really good, um, but because of our processes, it gets sort of filtered out due to us needing to do a needs assessment. So part of what we need to ensure that we're doing um, because of the federal quota system is we need to ensure before we invest resources into a product that there is a need in in the field for that product. And so, you know, we get hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of product ideas submitted uh, to APH. Um, and some of them are really awesome and then some of them are are kind of off the wall right and um but we look at each and every one of them and we run through our filtering process uh that we do but one of the things that is involved if it gets to this stage is what's called a, a needs assessment and what that is is oftentimes a survey um i'm sure many of you have received a survey request from APH um, and the reason you, you get these surveys oftentimes is for a needs assessment of whether there is a need in the field for an idea that we're considering, right? And so on paper, we may think, uh, and, I, and you know, I'm a blind person myself, I've, I've seen these ideas, right, where I'm like, man, that would be really cool, right? But then after we get a survey of, let's say, 500 to 1,000 people that respond, um, maybe that that survey the the data shows us that actually the field isn't looking for something like this there are our assumptions of what is happening in the classroom or in the market may not be exactly right and so for us i think that that's probably the most common place that you will see an idea um you know dissolve at that point and and we'll move on to another project and i think that that's a really good way for us to ensure that we're uh, devoting our resources to the right things. Um, so I would say that that's, that's a great spot in our process where, where we're ensuring that, that we're, we're putting our resources in the right places. Wow. That's really interesting. And I mean, that's, I mean, that makes sense. There's no need to reinvent the wheel and no need to spend all that time and energy, effort and money when there's nobody, there's not a market out there or, you know, it's not going to be well received. Right. And I, and I think that, you know, we, we only have so many resources um, and we only have so many, so many developers and, and product managers and things like that here that can, can be devoted to something. Right. And so um, ensuring that what we're doing actually has a need in the market is, is part of really APH's lifeblood. Um, oftentimes I'll come to a meeting and I'll be like, guys, what do you think of this idea? And like, everybody's like, oh, it's a great idea. It's awesome. And then we'll do a needs assessment or we'll do a survey. And, and, you know, my assumptions aren't, aren't right. And, and I think that that's part of, um, as, as I've grown as being a product manager, but also being a blind individual myself, right, is I'm not building products for Greg, I'm building products for the field and for for people who are blind or low vision, and everybody has different needs, everybody has different requirements. And so part of, I think, where this is really valuable, right, is it kind of takes your internal bias out of it. And now you're using data, uh, which really never lies, <laughs> to, to make your decisions. Wow, that's true. The, da the data never lies. Okay, so the last question I have for you, is there anything else you want to talk about or mention when it comes to product development? 
you know, I, I think that, as I mentioned, those surveys that we send out, I know that we, we probably can ping you guys with a lot of surveys um, and you get a lot of requests and things like that. I hope that this sort of needs assessment um, explanation and things like that um, makes sense and that you have a little bit more understanding of why you're getting those surveys um, because those surveys uh, do determine what you know what things will move forward it really does um, make an impact on what products we spend time on and what products could could come to market so um, I just I want to say thank you in advance for the the time that you invest into those surveys um, we do read every single one of those we look at every data point um, to determine really what we're going to be doing so um, just in advance thank you for for taking the time to to do those surveys to be looking at those needs assessments that we're working on um, and giving your honest feedback because um, it it is really what makes or breaks a product from happening. That's very true. All right, Greg, thank you so much for joining us today on Changemakers. Thanks so much for having me. We hope you have enjoyed today's podcast. Be sure to look for ways you can be a changemaker this week.